Hey everyone, this is John. This is Warius. And Ryan is not here. Nope. Ryan claims he's out of job orientation in Cincinnati, but we know the truth. Oh yes. The truth is he is currently in the process of trying to break out the Proud Boys from jail as they are awaiting their prison sentencing. <laughs> yeah. But this is the Nintendo Show, the best Nintendo podcast on the internet. I just got glossed right by that. No big deal. Yep, so we're... <laughs> that's called comeuppance. <laughs> so a bunch of terrorists get to pay for their crimes, finally. Um, and Ryan's helping them, obviously. Yeah. So he, he likes to claim he's like a number-crunching accountant, but he's just a Proud Boy sympathizer. He's a professional blogger, is what he does. Uh, just like a white supremacy type stuff. Uh, and everything he says on this podcast is just a cover for all of his bigotry. Um, usually we talk about Pokemon <laughs> first show of the month. That's not what we're doing uh, no. this time. We're, we're not going to be breaking down any Pokemon or anything. Instead, we're going to talk about some Zelda. Yep, this is the Legend of, uh, Legend of Nintendo. Yeah, oh, that's perfect. <laughs> oh, I like that. Um, and yeah, so we're, we're going to get into it in just a second here. So we're not going to do a Pokemon show this month. And when we, by the time we record the mini-show, I think we might uh, postpone the, the mini-show. We usually record on Thursdays. It's Sunday we're recording this time. We might uh, postpone to after Friday when Zelda comes out so we can give, like, first impressions. Yeah, so we'll have a, a second yep. Legend of Nintendo show, too. Yeah, back-to-back Legend of Nintendo show podcasts. It'll be good. That's such a good name. We need. We may need to make that a thing. That's such a good name. I'm so proud of myself. So let's uh, let's time capsule this episode. Oh no! <laughs> uh, just just today, at time of recording, there was a shooting at a Texas mall. Nine people died in a mass shooting. Maybe we should get rid of the guns. Um, like I mentioned before, the Proud Boys were found. Our four members, high-ranking members of the Proud Boys, including I think their founder, were found guilty of sedition. Uh, in a court of law, they're awaiting sentencing. A couple of them are facing like 50 years in jail, which means they will likely die in jail. Yeah. And turning it back to video games, Phil Spencer is very sorry about Redfall. What's Redfall? I'm blanking on that. Wait, isn't that the name of that Xbox game that just came out that nobody likes? No. I don't pay attention to the Xbox at all. <laughs> Nor should you. I, I just I do not care about that system. So just just to like keep it within the time capsule here, there's a game called Redfall. It came out like this week or the week before for Xbox. It came out to poor reviews uh, for things like poor performance and just like sort of poor game design and game uh, game loop design. A lot of like uh, looter type of of things. Um, generally not regarded as a fun game. I can't make a judgment. Um, I haven't played it, but like seeing Xbox fail to me, like seeing the Yankees fail. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I just like to see them lose, and like and this this Phil Spencer guy. I don't know how much you know about this Phil Spencer guy, but Not he became like the sort of like uh, head honcho over at Xbox several years back. I think like during the, like right yeah, as the Xbox One. So he's the, he's the Bowser of Microsoft. Yes. Um. You know, Doug Doug Bowser is the sort of president of Nintendo of America. It was kind of like a marketing position rather than like an actual steer the direction of the company, like what games are being made sort of position. But neither here nor there, because Phil Spencer is 
was largely regarded as like this really like gamer friendly person. He was kind of like this casual guy and like liked to talk about like trying to make himself an everyman. And it is of course just an obvious facade that a lot of people have bought into. He's a corporate head. His personality, his his public persona is cultivated. He might genuinely be a nice guy who likes video games, but if that's something that is working for him, the the publicity and PR side of Microsoft and Xbox is going to cultivate that and have him lean into it because it works. Um, so the, uh, Redfall was a game that came out. Uh, it is uh, uh, being critically panned, not regarded very well at all. And he went on to a podcast, I think it was an Xbox-focused podcast, I think. I'm not too familiar with it. Uh, they don't talk about Nintendo stuff, so I ignore them. But basically, yeah. like, spent like an hour apologizing and explaining away these situations. Um, and like, it's kind of like a, a divided reaction. There, there are people who are like, "Oh, well, he's being really genuine. What sort of uh, CEO would would say like these these sorts of things about how they need to do better and um, how they, like, he's acknowledging that they're like in a distant third place and how they they need to change things in order to you know offer a different experience and like, uh, uh, find their own identity." Um, Sure, that all sounds great, but it sounds really phony to me because, like, be sorry about those things before you release the game and then make better games. Like, Microsoft's huge problem is they don't fucking make games and their solution to that is just buy everything yeah. and have other people... Like, it's it's capitalist nightmare. Just it's, throw more money at it. <laughs> right, right, and that's that's exactly it. Yeah. Um, when when you're Microsoft and the solution to all your problems is throw money at it, this is where it gets you. It just gets you like that. That becomes the solution to everything. Like what's what's like the the saying? When you're a hammer, every problem looks like a nail. Like when you're Microsoft, every problem the solution seems to be throw money at it. And this is the the thing that happens every time Microsoft tries to break into something that someone else has already sort of claimed that space. Um, you remember the Windows Phone? Oh, yeah. Do you remember the Zune? Oh, yeah. Uh, to, to Microsoft's credit, I suppose the Xbox has stuck around quite a bit longer than those things. Mm. But they've had... worker that really liked both those things. He had them both. He's like, I really like this. I'm like, really? I don't understand the Windows Phone. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> well, you know... Um, they're just different color squares. Like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But it, it's kind of what uh, what happens when, when Microsoft just tries to be a Me Too company. Like, we want to get into this thing that's already seeing some success. How can we get a piece of that? And Xbox, like I was saying, Xbox has stuck around for quite a bit longer than some of these other ventures they've been on. But they've had, like, a successful console. Like a console that you can definitely say this one did really well for them, and it was the 360. And, yeah. You know the, the the series console and the uh, Xbox One. I'm sure like they're doing fine. They're not like Wii U levels of failure. But when you're a company like Microsoft, I, I I have no idea why Microsoft continues to throw money at this. I don't know if like they'd be embarrassed if they just packed it in. If they think that they can. Like maintain a foothold and become like a, a, a leader in uh, like game streaming, like cloud gaming, like providing like the like 
what's the the analogy they like to use like become the Netflix of games yeah, cool I think like that window might be closing and I don't know whatever fuck them Zelda Zelda's a game noted good video game franchise <laughs> Legend of Zelda Zelda is coming out we're they can do no wrong five days oh, from the release of this I'm game I'm twitching like literally I've had dreams about this game like it, it's <laughs> pretty nice I, I'm, I'm just I'm twitching for this <laughs> nice it's not good. I woke up. I was like, "Man, I can't wait." <laughs> so I, we got a, like a, a bunch of Zelda topics, and you know, we'll we'll take any tangent that we want, and we'll just go until this, we're, this is we're free balling here. Yeah, we're going to go until we're we're done talking about Zelda. Um, Wes, what was the first Zelda game you played? Ocarina of Time. Yeah, yeah. I did not play the old ones. Uh, I played a bit of them later. Like I played, what was it Seasons? I played a that bit actually of... came out. After Ocarina of Time. Oh, did it? Yeah. Oh, okay. I uh, played a bit of that one. I think I borrowed your copy. And, uh, yeah, I think that's really it. I think that, so if that's the case, then the oldest Zelda I played was Ocarina. What's, um, how many times did you play it through? Ocarina? Yeah. Oh, a whole bunch. Lost count? Yeah. Most played Zelda? In terms yeah. Of, in terms yeah. of how many times you played it from start to finish? Yeah. Yeah, probably for me as well. Um, the only Zelda game that might come close in terms of how many times I've played it from start to finish it might be Twilight Princess. I oh, think, really? I think I've probably played Twilight Princess more than Majora's Mask, but there are probably like uh, one in one A for which game I've played the second most. Uh, in terms of like hours played, I don't know. It might be... Uh, Breath of the Wild, just because it's such a large game, but I've played through Ocarina of Time so many times, especially like back on original hardware, that I'm sure like the hours would probably add up. Like my my original run through of Breath of the Wild, I think clocked at uh, 200 hours, mm-hmm. and then the second run through I did was about 80 hours. Hmm. So shaved quite a bit of time off of that one. Uh, but my first Zelda game was The Legend of Zelda on NES. Ooh. Yeah, back when I was just a little tyke. Um, I originally played it before we moved down to the Orlando area, so five or younger, but I didn't really play it all that much then. I played it uh, a couple years after that is when I actually like was able to, to get into it, like actually make some progress. Wait, your parents, you guys owned a game console? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had That's a, very surprising. I mean, your parents are like, here's books. And I, I remember one year Jeremy was really excited because he got snake light. Uh, he, he twice, <laughs> twice he got snake lights. So I was happy about it both times. I know. I, all right, he got snake light. Like he was showing me about it, and like yeah, he gets into I some. Like, he gets into the weird. Thing. I can wrap around my boat bed because I, I sleep on the bottom bunk, and I can move it around however I want, so I can read my books. So I'm like, he gets excited about some mundane what stuff. A nerd. <laughs> like, oh my god, man. That's, that's, he listens to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I know he hears it. That's I'm being a little extra mean just because I know he listens. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, we got a NES. You know, before we had moved down here, but it was like uh, a very like strictly regimented. We we couldn't play every day, and then my dad would like be like, "Okay, well you can play, but you can only play for like 30 minutes a day on this day." And then there was even a point where, like, uh, if if he tried to like set up like this economy system. It didn't last long, but he tried to set up this economy system. Like, okay, well, if you read a book for an hour, you get yourself like fifteen minutes of game time, something like that. 
Uh, he was very concerned about uh, children being addicted to video games. And he'd like just been through like the 80s satanic panic about, yes, I said satanic, um, <laughs> about like Dungeons and Dragons. About and sanic, the, the sanic, uh, the sanic <laughs> panic. The sanic panic. The sanic panic. <laughs> um, uh, when we mentioned this before on podcast, but like in the, the early and mid 80s, they were worried about like children playing D and D or certain video games like leading to, to Satanism. So I'm sure like some of that fueled some his concern. It may about, it could just be a matter of time. It's just it's everybody just, is different. I but, got that seed planted now, and like, yeah. and it, it could be years from now. I'll be in my fifties, yeah, like a sleeper agent. You just hear the right <laughs> phrase and you're triggered. And you a sleeper agent for Beelzebub, our yeah. dark lord and master. Exactly. <laughs> so. Uh, when um, so so we had that, and most of the games that we had, we like inherited. And we were like inherit games from like people my dad knew when they were like upgrade to different systems. But we also um, had a, a we had a copy of Legend of Zelda, and we had a copy of Adventure of Link, and I had played those two. But those are the only two I had played until Ocarina of Time, and they're really the only two in between. Then where we also had that Christian game, right? Well, Spiritual Warfare. Spiritual which, Warfare. That was it. Which is a Zelda clone, and I stand by that game. That game's legit. <laughs> I played. A, I, I, there's like an NES streaming service in quotes. It's pirated shit. Yeah. Um, years and years ago, and they actually had it, and I started playing through it again. It's like it's a legit like competent Zelda clone. Um, and like, like secrets hidden all over the place and like uh, puzzles that you gotta solve in order to like open different areas and find like more armor of God. It's like a, a legit good game uh, with this very heavy Christian overtones <laughs> all over it. <laughs> the, the, the economy... Oh, we're gonna take the stance. The, the economy of this game was uh, faith. Oh, I knew it was going to be faith. Represent, represented by, like, uh, uh, doves. Like, little white doves that would, like, uh, pop up on the screen like rupees would. And there's some were one and some were so five. You just collect a whole bunch of birds. Mm. And, and what, what, what you would do, uh, your, your main method of attacking, in quotes, um, was throwing the fruit of the spirit oh, God. at sinners who were walking around. And everyone in this game was a fucking sinner. <laughs> you, were <the> only, <laughs> you were the only righteous person on the planet. Um, and it, when you when you threw <laughs> these pieces of fruit at unsuspecting sinners, they would uh, convert. And you'd see them like kneel down. They would like and they're like flashes of pixels. And they'd kneel kneel down and pray. And then the, the, the pixel would disappear. I don't know if you murdered them, but I, da- <laughs> but I doubt it. And, some, and sometimes they would um, uh, uh, drop like doves, and you'd pick up the faith, and you would use that in order. To, like there's places in the game where you could find uh, more fruit and different fruit, and they would all like the, the the fruit were projectiles, and the different ones would behave in different ways. Like some were like a zigzag, or you could have, like a spread shot. Well, with these things, these, these sinners were they attacking you? Like, what would happen? Like, uh, they or were would... they like, uh, like being bad influence, and then you suddenly start to smoke pot <laughs> or something. They're like, trying just... try to get you to try beer, or as they called it, the devil's brew. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. A lot of times, like it's a very simple game. A lot of times, they would just kind of like run around in the sc- on the screen in a pattern. They'd like run back and forth or like around something, kind of like the way Pac-Man ghosts behave. So most of the time, there's kind of like obstacles in your way. Like there's a path you need to go down. There's so a sinner in your way. You don't have to worry about losing. 
Um, you do have health, uh, of course, represented by hearts. And, you know, if they bump into you, then, you know, you, you take heart damage. And then there, there were boss fights as well. Oh, no, don't touch the sinners. They're unclean. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that makes as much sense as any early video game. In fact, like, that's even, like, a, a better of a narrative device than some video games. It's like, don't touch them, otherwise you die. Like, why? They're touching me, too. Why don't they die? Um... Uh, but but uh, when you converted a certain amount of sinners by throwing fruit at them, uh, an angel would appear, and the angel would give you like these quiz, like these Bible quiz questions. And the more you get right, the more faith that you earn in order to just to, like purchase more stuff throughout the game. I feel like this it sounds like an acid trip to some guy yelling, running through the streets throwing fruit at people. Sinner, just just, <laughs> just <laughs> like <laughs> it's a legitimately good game. <laughs> Um, there's the what one last thing. Okay. There's there's a bar there in the in one of the zones. It's like a, just like a, a downtown area. Of course, there's a bar that uh, you know you can go into, but if you do, the only thing in there is like an angel. It's like, hey, you shouldn't be in here, and it will take one of your pieces of equipment, and be like, you can have this back when you've earned it, and you have to go find where this this angel hid your thing. Yeah, and then um. I don't know what happens if you go in there again. I don't think I ever tried. Jerk angel. Yeah, the the thing Isn't that, that it, cool. Uh, you you get this piece of equipment. Um, it, it works kind of like the power gloves in Zelda. It just lets you like push things that are heavier. So if it takes that piece of equipment, and like, well, now there are places that I lost access to because I can't push the things out of the way anymore. And so don't go into bars. Yeah, so don't go into bars. <laughs> They'll steal your belt. <laughs> that allows you to push boulders. <laughs> but I played a lot of that Zelda game in quotes on the NES as well. Not as good as the original Legend of Zelda, but definitely like uh, easier. Of course, the, the 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 barrier to entry was a lot lower because I never actually finished the original Leg Legend of Zelda on NES because I just couldn't find where the final dungeon was. Hmm. And I don't know if you're familiar, but the final dungeon, the ninth dungeon in the NES Legend of Zelda. God, there's nine. Holy hell. Yeah, there's a total of nine. And most of like the early ones, like the first half of the game is super brisk. I actually did a... I started up a run-through um, a couple weeks back. I, I haven't uh, finished it, but I got to the, the eighth dungeon, and it only took like three hours oh, okay. to actually... Yeah, you can burn through that game pretty quickly if you know what you're doing. But I, I never finished it on NES. I have, like, of course, finished it on download services, especially ones where you know you can set your save points and rewind and stuff. Um, I've never actually finished Link's Awakening. No, no, sorry, not Link's Awakening. Adventure of Link on the NES, because that's like the one where they got weird with... Like, putting in RPG elements, and there's side-scrolling stuff, and the dungeons were more like these action-based gauntlets rather than things where you're trying to, like, solve puzzles to try to get through to the end or move blocks around. Like, the, the first um, two Zelda games are definitely more action-based than they become when you get to uh, A Link to the Past on Super Nintendo, and that's where you get, like, a lot of the stuff that you still recognize in, in most Zelda games. You enter a dungeon, there's a, a tool or a piece of equipment in that dungeon, and you need to use it in order to work your way through it, and then you'll get this upgrade that might allow you to interact with something differently in the overall to get to the next dungeon. But you can see the DNA of that stuff way back in the original, where they're 
are certain items that you find in dungeons, like a raft or a stepladder that gets you to different areas throughout the overworld. Uh, but it feels much smaller. Like, playing the original Legend of Zelda now, it's just very quaint how little the world is. Um, but I never played A Link to the Past on the Super Nintendo until years later, because uh, I was a Genesis kid. And yeah. you mentioned, like, oh, I'm surprised they bought you a, a game console. We also got a Sega Genesis, and I think it was in... It so must you're have been, one of the three people. Right. It was in... Um, 1992, 1993, something like that. Um, and I distinctly remember this because it was like post-Christmas. It was like New Year's Day. And my dad was like, hey, you want to go to the store and buy a Sega Genesis? And we're like, fuck yeah, we want to go to the store and buy a Sega Genesis. <laughs> well, we're not now. You just said fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> go play your, your Jesus game more. <laughs> you need to learn something. Um but it, it was like this weird out of left field. I don't. I, I don't remember what we had gotten for Christmas that year. Um, we were seven and eight, maybe eight and nine. So I don't remember exactly what had happened. Um, but maybe he was feeling a little guilty about not having stuff on that day. So he was like, "Okay, well, let's get something now." No idea. I have no other possible explanation. But we we bought. Your dad's an odd man. <laughs> I mean, he's a strange guy. He's a strange um, guy. He's. Yeah, yeah, I think he also listens, which is weird. <laughs> <laughs> Stop being so weird. Um, he doesn't understand anything that we're saying, but you know, he listens. So he uh, he's one one of the three people to tell about. <laughs> your brother, your dad, <laughs> and me. <laughs> oh, and Ryan, four people. Uh, but we didn't buy a game for it, which was very. And it didn't come with a game. It was very strange. And like again, like all of the games we would get would be like games that we would rent or like hand-me-downs we would get or like someone would buy us a game or something or uh, at that point you know by the time I got to be like 10 11 I would like set birthday money aside or do like chores and shit or like save up uh, allowance when we got one and put it aside and like and, and bought games here and there but yeah I didn't uh, play another Zelda game until Ocarina of Time, so I missed out on A Link to the Past. We didn't, well, we did have a Game Boy. It didn't function, though. It was something like I, I convinced my parents to buy at a garage sale, but oh, this was, again, with, like, this was still pre you know, uh, play a game whenever you feel like, before they gave up. Yeah. <laughs> before they gave up on parenting. Um, oh, God. <laughs> I mean, they still parent the shit out of me and then when I went over there, hey, Wes, can you sweep the floor? I'm like, why? Like, this isn't my house. <laughs> like, I remember sweeping your kitchen. I have no idea why I was doing it. <laughs> uh, um, okay, so the trick to this is to just do something wrong. Like, hey, sweep the floor. Just, like, start taking it to the ceiling, like, and act like you don't know how to use a broom. And then my dad, like, no, stop. Let me show you how to do this. And I'll just do the whole thing himself <laughs> as he's trying to teach you. And he's like, like oh, oh, yeah, great. Yeah, I'm learning so much. Um, but it, and it works every time. So where were we? Oh, Sega Genesis. So, like, if, if, uh, you know, if, if I, like, would to offer my nine-year, eight, nine-year-old self some sort of advice. They'd, like, slip my past self a note. Be like, hey, when he says, let's go buy a Sega Genesis, tell him, like, no. Let's go buy a Super Nintendo because it comes with a game. And then we'd have had a Super Nintendo. It came with a game? Yes. I think they were packing, like, Sonic 1 or Sonic 2 with it at that point. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. 
Yeah. Oh, sorry, Chad. I'm still thinking about Sega. No. So uh, Super Nintendo came with uh, Mario World. Oh, okay. As a pack-in, I think. I'm going to have to do some fact-checking. Just lying to our listeners now. What, yeah, they don't know. What are they going to do? <laughs> Go to the internet to see if it's true? Fuck you. <laughs> um, now they're going to. But I also missed out. Uh, so the, the, with the Game Boy, where they were like, they, they bought like this thing for like a few bucks at a garage sale, but I was never able to use it because they like stashed it in one of their bedroom drawers. And I think at like, a certain point, I just had forgotten that they, they even had it. Yeah. Like, why'd we even buy it if like, Hey, we bought you this thing, but you can never use it. All right, cool. I don't even know if it had a game. I, don't re- I remember so little about this thing. But, uh, you know, I've, I have played those games since, but Ocarina of Time, definitely most played yeah. Zelda game, at least in, in terms of how many times I finished it. And I got to the point where it was, like, uh, mechanical. I would yeah. go through, like, okay, well, I'm, I'm at this point in the game. I'm going to go get this heart piece and this one and this one and this one. Then I'm going to do the next thing. Then I'm going to go do these side things. And you, I could get through it fairly quickly. Um, then Majora's Mask also played that one on original hardware, because at that, at that point, you know, what was that? Late nineties? No, I didn't have a job then, but I had um, the, the the wherewithal to keep cash set aside. I've uh, I've told this story on the air before, but you know, it was a long time ago, so I'll repeat the story again. We have new listeners now. Yeah, we got brand new listeners. So Majora's Mask. I was really excited when I got Majora's Mask when I was a kid. I was all pumped. And I popped it in, and it would not play. Because Majora's Mask was one of the first games on the N64 that needed that extra little expansion card. Oh, yeah. Cartridge Mm. thing to go into your N64. And so I had to wait, like, I don't even know. Another... A month or something until I finally was able to get one of those. Things. And it just sat in your N64. It just sat there. This little golden cartridge for the N64. It looked fucking awesome. And you're like, oh, you came then, home like, oh, one of these days. And I started playing this thing and I was loving it, but it was so fucking creepy when mm-hmm. I was a kid. Mm-hmm. It's got that really dark, uh, like, uh, organ kind of music going on. And then, yep. like, I thought. I thought he killed my horse, but it was just oh, sure. a it was just a N sixty four graphics. It was like a gear to the clock tower covered in moss. But I thought it was the dead Epona, so I was like, <laughs> "Oh fuck, he killed my horse!" Like, uh, you know, it's just it'll mess with me. It was really creepy. I turned into the thing, and you're screaming. Oh yeah, the Deku scrub. Deku scrub. Oh, that game was intense. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was a that was a gem. Yeah, it's I, it's I love that game. Sort of like like tonally. Probably one of, if not the darkest Zelda game, just because of like the, the the side stories, like the things that happen to you. Yeah, and then you have to have to spend a whole cycle trapped as of this Deku scrub. I watched a video the other day, like uh, literally less than a week ago. I watched this and it, it blew my fucking mind. I watched somebody beat Majora's Mask in one three day cycle. Oh, interesting. It was really interesting. He had his whole route mapped out. He's like, I need to hit this and this first. I need to get the song to slow down time. Mm-hmm. And then I need to do this, this, and this, and this order in order to optimize my pathing to get through all four dungeons. God, they, that must have been like moving like a breakneck speed to get through four dungeons. It was it was, it was, was nuts. I mean... That was really impressive. No glitches. He didn't even glitch anything. It, it, was, it was pretty cool video. Um, yeah, that is really, really impressive. Yeah. It, it was a pretty cool video watching this thing. 
And then that's that's a game, you know, I've played through Majora's Mask many, many times. But that's a game where I never, like, reached the level of, like, Ocarina of Time or, like, maximum efficiency. And I really like trying to optimize my day cycles in, in Majora's Mask to try to do as much within uh, a single cycle as possible. Mm-hmm. But goddamn. Yeah, like, uh, I forget what the big thing was. He... No, I'm blanking. I something with the second boss, the 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 ox thing that you fight, like he did without oh, sure. being Big Goron. He did something. Oh, without else. getting without the Goron mask. No, he did. He just didn't use the Goron mask to kill it. Like it oh, was, interesting. There was a faster way to kill it without using a Goron mask. I don't okay. know. I only watched it once, but it, it was a cool little video. Yeah. Yeah. Well, obviously, probably didn't uh, get all the upgrades and stuff. No, no, no. Hey, you wouldn't even be able to get the Gilded Sword. With uh, with that, because you you have to go through like the day cycle to get the gold powder. I mean, he had to. The big difficulty thing about it, the the toughest thing that I think was, he had to get Epona on the first day. Oh sure. Which meant he had to get through the snow temple. So he had to go through. He had to go through part of the forest temple to get the bow, to then start going through the uh, forest uh, the frost temple in order to be able to go get the power keg on the first day. Yeah. In order to go get Epona, so he can go to um, the lake and everything. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that first day seemed like critical. Um, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a really good point. Because without Epona, you can't jump the fence. Yeah, and if you wait too long, you like you can't get Epona. Yeah, uh, at, at a certain point in the game. Because uh, what's her face goes crazy. It was cool. It was cool. It was a lot of fun. But that game was great. Yeah, definitely. the The really great thing about Majora's Mask, and we've talked about this a bunch of times before, is that um, the sort of uh, uh, puzzle solving that you have to do extends outside the dungeon. There's like a process that you have to go through to even get into your your dungeon where, you know, then you're dealing with the traditional Zelda stuff of finding your keys and beating up enemies and stuff. So you have to go through the, the swamp, and it's like a, a, a mini dungeon outside of the dungeon to get to that point. Yeah. It's really cool, and you see a little bit of that in Skyward Sword as well. Um, what, what, what do you think? Uh, which Zelda game do you think has the most memorable dungeons? Oof, I mean, I remember the most about Majora's probably because that was. Nah, I remember a lot about Ocarina. Those ones really stick in my head because I've only ever played through Twilight Princess once, maybe twice. Mm. But that is like the one that I would really like to play through the most. It's real good. Yeah. And and for me, like, you, like you're saying, like Majora's Mask has memorable dungeons. I think it, it helps that there's only four of them. Yeah. Fucking spoilers, I guess. <laughs> it's a 30-year-old game. Uh, but because, like, uh, it's it's much more of a, a big deal when you get to them. But some of them are, are memorable, I think, for the wrong reasons. Like the Stone Tower Temple. Um, that That's one where... If it's like your first time through, there's a lot of trial and error because you have to flip the dungeon that upside down. That's tough. That it's, was just a straight tough dungeon. Even just getting to it, that puzzle about dropping statues mm-hmm. in certain orders and stuff like that in order to build the bridges. Just fucking getting there is a slog. Um, yeah. Uh, and, and I really like the, the canyons, the Akana Canyon section in that game. I think it's one of the better ones. And once you get to like the pathway to get to the... the once you get to the stone tower to get to the temple... Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of okay. Now we got to stand on this block, play the song, move, stand on this other switch to move the block and play the song again. So, uh, 
it's got a lot of trial and error. The same with the temple itself, because you got to figure out if when you want to invert uh, the temple. Um, the water temple in that one as well, the, the Great Bay Temple, is also a lot of trial and error because you got to switch the way the water is flowing uh, and move the one. gears around. So that, that's probably one of my least favorite temples. Is that Great Bay Temple? I think that um, a lot, a lot of the temples in Majora's Mask. The pathway to get to the temple is more things, interesting than the temple itself. Right, yeah. right. Um, but they do. Uh, you know, it, it is nice when you have to like reset time. You can just skip to the boss if you want to restore the area to sort of balance. Um, if there's more stuff you need to do there, but I think uh, for for my money, it's definitely Twilight Princess that's got the most memorable. Temples. I'm trying to remember these temples. I can remember a bit about the forest temple with the find the monkey. The monkey and, and trying to like build. That them. was interesting. Uh, um, but like the snowhead temple. That was the, the one that always stuck out. Was the, the mansion. The mansion was that one always sticks in my head because that one was really cool. And you got to do like um, the the snowboarding and stuff. But it was mostly the design of it that I really cool. But the temple itself really wasn't like that complex or anything to it. It was just we're just wandering through this dude's house. Like, yeah, it was an interesting one because it was such a different. Approach, idea yeah. rather than like try to find the 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 big of try to find like the, the item and the key it's you also okay no you gotta find the the things to add to this this guy's soup so you're doing a lot of uh traversing through areas and like and then you get access to a different area they didn't have access to before because then they give you another key well you know you also had the uh, Sky Temple, where you get the double yeah. claw shots. That one was tough. That was another really good one. Probably one of the better water temples, yeah. uh, in my opinion. Um, I don't remember much about the temple itself. I remember one part was going up through like a spiral staircase, but it was really wide. Or oh, a water sure. slide kind of yeah. thing was yeah, going yeah. on. I vaguely remember that water temple. Because rather than always trying to alter the direction of the water, you're pretty much... Um, trying to to fill up a big central area of water so they can access different parts of it. Um, it it's definitely not as tedious in terms of like what direction you need to put the water in as some of the other water temples. Like the the fire temple is just basically the Goron Mines, which is really cool. There are a bunch of really cool areas in that one. You used the the iron boots in a lot of ways that you know aren't just your typical okay now you gotta float down to the bottom of something it's also they're iron they're also magnetic so yep. you, you can use that to like have them traverse the walls and walk on the ceilings and stuff uh the temple of time is in that one as well and that's the one where you got to use the dominion rod to move statues around and do some cool yeah like that way. squish the big spider with the statue that was mm -hmm. cool yeah it was it was a really cool moment uh when you actually like, you find the ruins of the temple of time and then you like travel back in time you're actually inside again and the the, the music is playing it was a really great moment but yeah for def definitely some of the more memorable dungeons in my opinion skyward sword has a couple of memorable dungeons. I remember. Was that was Skyward Skyward Sword had the double claw shot? No, no, no. That was uh, that was Twilight. Twilight Princess. Okay. It's Twilight in the Sky Temple. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember much about Skyward anymore then, because there was one where your mine carts or something, and then there was the the ship. 
Yep. Which was a really cool dungeon, but the boss was really dumb. <laughs> yeah. It's like the thing with Skyward. It's yeah, it's it's so typical of Skyward sort of be like, this part was really cool, but then they did this. Yeah. There's always like uh, uh, an asterisk when when it comes to Skyward Sword. Like overall, I'm positive on the game. But I don't know, it might be one of those Zelda games that I'm least positive on. Uh but I, mean, I, I, I bought it, but I I bought it for my Switch, but I I it still out. has the fucking wrapper on it. Like, I, <laughs> oh. I just I can't bring myself to actually. It's like I will do this. I will beat this game. I don't have to deal with Wii graphics. It's gonna be touched mm. up for the Switch. It's gonna look great. I can do this. Can't fucking do it. Like, I just <laughs> can't bring myself to stick it in. I have so many games for my Switch. I just didn't, haven't even touched. You get so, there one so. day. I want to. Um, like Bayonetta Origins. Like I, I really want to play that game. I just can't bring myself to get to it. <laughs> I've, yeah, you, oh, you played the demo. Have you started like the main game? Yeah, I'm a little yeah. past the demo. Okay, not, not that much, but um, you. It's a game. I because I, I finished it. I talked about this on the podcast. It's yeah. not a game where you need to do everything in yeah. order to like feel well equipped to beat the boss. Mm-hmm. As long as you're working your way through the critical path, you'll be equipped enough to finish yeah. it. Um, oh, I've got the like the the Arbiter's grounds in Twilight Princess with the gear and all the the zipping around you got to do on that thing. Gear, it's the the, the gear that you ride on. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Where you fight on. the the big, the big Stolfos and yeah, that yeah, was a really cool boss. Yep, yeah. that was very iconic. That was really good. Well, we're we're talking about a lot of like the three D ones. Like the two D Zelda games have good dungeons, but it's. You it, it doesn't have the same sort of like grandeur of scale. Like you're not doing things like surfing up a wall in a gear and fighting a giant skeleton. Yeah, it doesn't feel epic. Mm. They they t- tend to have like uh, a good like really well constrained or uh, smaller in scope puzzles, so they're able to pack a lot of stuff in there. But you know. The the 3D Zelda games, the polygonal ones. like We did forget yeah, one. We did forget to bring up one of them. Which one? Wind Waker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We didn't mention Wind Waker. Which I, ba- I got through that one once. Yeah. I really liked it. Yeah, I like Wind Waker. It was cool. People always bash on because you're just sailing forever, but it really doesn't take that long to sail around. And especially when they did the HD version because they give you a faster sail. Oh, okay. So it's really not that big a deal. That that's one similar to Majora's Mask. There's not a ton of dungeons in it. Some of the content got cut because they were trying to finish it up and get it out the door. Because you know the GameCube was the GameCube and they needed games. <laughs> um. So that that's a bit of a shame. And it's a shame like the HD version didn't. Well, we weren't able to restore any of that content, but. Yeah, it was a really solid game. Uh, the dungeons, a couple of them, you had like partner characters mm-hmm. that would have uh, different uh, things that you would do with them, like the the bird girl. Yep. Um, you'd be able to like throw her up to higher areas, and she'd be able to do something up there for you. Um, oh, to, to me, those are like the most memorable things in those dungeons, and it looks like partner characters might be a thing again in. Tears of the Kingdom, because mm-hmm. in the most recent trailer that they showed, they're like you fighting along like uh, Sidon and some of the other characters that you encountered in Breath of the Wild. Yeah, that might be pretty cool. That would be really nice. Um, well, what do you? What would you say is the best Zelda game that's not Breath of the Wild? Oof. See, uh, I probably would say Twilight because that's the yeah. one that I'm just. 
I don't remember much about the game though, but it's one of those things where I just have. It's real good. I remember enjoying it so much. Um, for um, I only got through it the one time. For me, it's either Twilight Princess or Majora's Mask, and it's probably Twilight Princess. I guess it depends on when you ask me. But like, yeah, Twilight Princess really uh, delivered on the promise of what a 3D Zelda could be when uh, they first made it with Ocarina of Time. Ocarina of Time, really good game, really important game, one of the most influential games, especially of the 3D era uh, ever made. Uh, but Twilight Princess took everything that Ocarina of Time did and just added this uh, this much larger sense of scale and gave you so many more things to do. Um, and, and really, like, uh, uh, did so much with, with dungeon design about, like, um, not, not just have it be strictly like, okay, here's your fire dungeon you're going to deal with fire in here, and here's your water dungeon you're going to deal with water in there. They did so much to, to mix up and surprise you, sort of... Uh, uh, undermine your expectations about what a dungeon is going to be. Like, one of the final dungeons, the Sky Dungeon, a lot of it is a dungeon that doesn't have a floor to it, so you have to be zipping around on your double claw shots. So they really did a lot to to sort of question what it is a dungeon should be in a Zelda game, and find ways to uh, do new things with a formula they had done many times before since the, the Super Nintendo era. Twilight Princess is really good. And I don't want to <laughs> charge up my Wii U gamepad in order to play it again. Yeah. If they put it on the Switch, I would 100% buy it again. Oh, yeah, done. Shut up and take my money. Um, and, you know, maybe maybe after we get some distance from Tears of the Kingdom, they'll finally do that. And Tears of the Kingdom, or sorry, uh, Wind Waker. Because I got the HD versions on Wii yeah. U. I would play through Wind Waker again. Me too. Yeah, I didn't have me a too. Wii U, so Wind Waker HD wasn't a mm. thing for me. Um, I just wasn't going to play it. So I did play it on the GameCube, which was way back in the day. Um, <laughs> 20 or 21 years ago. <laughs> but it, Wind Waker and and uh, Twilight Princess are, yeah, I'm playing through those again if they come out. They have to at some point. They got to do at it. At some point. I mean, I like to fantasize that one day... That will get so advanced with our game consoles. We're like, all right, here's the complete Zelda collection. Like mm. it's just that kind of shit. Mm. Like they'll they'll find a way to charge you individually for every one of them. Oh yeah, so <laughs> yeah, they gotta make their money somehow. <laughs> but yeah, they they have to. They have to at some point. It's, it's got to happen. Maybe by then a currency is just faith. Maybe. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I just mail in a whole bunch just of stuff. Some weirdo <laughs> riding around in his car throwing bananas at Schmuggling for pence centers. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd 100% play through uh, Twilight Princess again. It would be really awesome because Twilight Princess was on the GameCube and the Wii, of course. It launched It launched on the Wii first. The only thing the- I wouldn't be excited about Twilight Princess is finding those stupid motes of whatever for the Force creature. I don't. I can't what? remember. They're, like in order to get to it, you get to a new area, and there's like some kind of weird oh, spectral sure. the, the tears deer of light. or whatever. Yeah, the tears of light. That's yeah. the only thing. I'm like, I don't want to find those fucking tears. Yeah, and that, that's that's one of the things that is brought up a lot about a, a, a detriment against uh, Twilight Princess, and I think it's fair. It can be tedious. You have to do it, I think, three times yeah. throughout the game, and it can be. Annoying, and I think it, it definitely breaks up the momentum of the game. Where you know you, you get to this really cool area, like okay, what's going to be here? And you get to look around and find new stuff. Well, but first, go hunt down 
these little in the twilight realm and yeah shit so oh, yeah yeah it's, it's definitely fair that you know that's the something funnest part of the game for sure but the rest of it is great yeah otherwise perfect game yeah. no notes there's a giant ball of chain I mean come on why wouldn't you like that? Yeah. I mean, that's something that we need in Tears of the Kingdom. We need like flail weapons because yeah. we haven't had those in, in Breath of the Wild. That would be interesting. A flail weapon. It's like a, a ball of chain. You get like uh, upgraded ones. Like of course you get more powerful ones like you do with every Zelda game. And eventually you get one that's so large that you have to like drag it behind you and it slows down your movement. What other weapons do you think they should add in? Tears of the Kingdom. <laughs> Uh, so this was kind of like the thing that we were thinking about for, I don't know, I'm losing my train of thought. Yeah, I, I, have, I have some thoughts. This about, is the segue. <laughs> Here's the <about>, segue. <laughs> about so wep- just uh, weapons like that you would find on enemies or like the, the breakable things, the consumable things that you fight with. I mean, a flail's a good idea. Yeah. I like the flail. There are some things I like to see them improve. I like to see them, like the the boomerangs especially. Yeah, the boomerangs were very underwhelming in that one. Like, even do, like, elemental boomerangs. Like the the lightning one or the fire one. Yeah, for sure. Really cool. Um, But just kind of, like, make them a bit easier to use. Because, like, the the boomerangs, you'd throw them. And then most times I'd throw them and just be like, okay, well, I'm never getting that again. That (laughs) weapon's just gone. Um, Make it a little bit more reliable for, for them to, like, return and... Uh, make it just easier to catch um, but also uh, it'd be cool if you get like uh, the different wands from the wizard robes yep. it'd be cool to see like improved versions of those I mean, like their their staves would be like Gandalf staffs <laughs> just the old thou shall not pass yeah, just yeah. big blinding light yeah yeah you get like this this really cool moment you're like standing on a bridge and you have the staff and like a horde of Bacoblins running at you. Well, that's the thing with the Zelda games is like there was magic, but it never was a very like dominant aspect. Mm-hmm. It was always like sword and board. Let's go. Yeah, like you, you, yeah, you can you can also cast a spell every once in a while if you feel like it. Yeah, but yeah, it would be cool to see like uh, an expansion of that, so you could like have a mage playthrough if you felt like that it. would be interesting because they they do like offer some different things in Breath of the Wild where you like you, you can try to play you can wear like the, the Sheikah outfit and try to play through as you're stealthy um, and sneak up on everybody or you can just like put on your barbarian outfit and just be like okay now I'm gonna just swing my most powerful weapons and hope for the best or you, you wear the knight outfit and just try to tank a bunch of damage you can wear like the, the ancient armor and yeah. uh, get specked out for fighting guardians and stuff but one of the ideas I had for like wearable gear was uh, like just like mage robes, or, like a, like a wizard hat. And what it, what it would do <laughs> is you, you would, want is a wizard link. <laughs> yeah, wizard link, and it would just you get like improved damage from your elemental weapons when you get like the the upgrades to it. That'd be pretty cool. I like that. Yeah, I had thought with uh, an outfit. Bring back the um, I don't know what it was called it was in Twilight Princess the armor that you can wear that drained your money but made you invincible. Oh yeah, the magical armor. I would sure, love sure. to see that kind of shit again. Yeah, that would be nice. Give me something that I have to slip coins into a slot machine <laughs> in order to like keep going with this thing. Like that thing was really cool. I always was trying to figure out a good use of that item, but I think it slowed you down too, right? Only when you ran out of money. Oh uh, okay. So you know. When by the time you get to the end of the game, money is so meaningless that you could just wear it all the time. And if you're doing, uh, if like you're finding all your pose, 
uh, your your ghosts scattered throughout the game, you do eventually like get a source of infinite money. There was a lot of like little collectible things. You had your pose and you had the bugs. Yep, you got all your bugs to, to give to the pre- creepy bug girl. Yeah, that was who ended weird. up in in Hyrule Warriors. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> all right. Um, but yeah, uh, this was like side games and shit where you like ride a boat down a river or like have a bird carry you to collect like fruit balloons. A bunch of side stuff you can do in that game. Really cool game. Anyway. Uh, Webbins uh, gave me a thought um, because you said Hyrule Warriors. I want to see uh, crossbows. There's like one chicken do- in Hyrule Warriors that double crossbows. That was yeah. fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, she was badass. Lana. I loved that. I loved playing that chick. Lana, I think. Yeah. Or, or was it Linkle? I think it was Linkle. Something okay. like that. It was something dumb like that. Yeah, yeah. Which, of Link course. Cat. I, I don't know. Play should be a playable character, hundred percent. Yeah, um, but yeah, like crossbows, bow guns, something that um, do wield some crossbows. Yeah, something that gives like rapid fire arrows, and maybe like don't get the range, or like uh, maybe they never get like as, as powerful as your most powerful bows. But something where you could play as just someone, someone who's just firing off a ton of damage just really quickly. Gunslinger link. Let's yeah, yeah, but have it uh, have it be bow gun, so it sort of fits within the world. That'd be really cool. Yeah, it's on my notes, too. To, oh, to have, really? Yeah, <laughs> crossbows or bow guns. Reading your notes. <laughs> um, oh, we already mentioned flails. The last thing I have in my notes for uh, weapons is I think it would be cool to have, like, dual blades or daggers. Oh, yeah. He was only ever just the one weapon. Yep. It's it's always, like, one, like, like you are saying, sword and shield, sword and board, uh, or, like, a great sword or a spear. But you know, don't really get too many things where you're dual wielding. Um, which you know, I guess is understandable to to a certain extent because of the way the combat works. But it'd be cool to see like I think uh, some of the enemy characters, like those those ninja characters who are obsessed with bananas yeah. in Breath of the Wild. I think a couple of them might dual wield like little knives. So it'd be cool to see maybe mm-hmm. some Gerudo. I always like the interesting weapons in Breath of the Wild, the ones that operate a little differently. Like their weapon did that little tornado thing too. Yeah, like when you did it right, like. That kind of shit was really interesting. Mm. Um, and that was the thing about that game that made me sad. was I get these really cool swords that do these special things, but it's going to break on me soon. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, it was just kind of the thing. I ended up just hoarding shit because I was just like, I don't want to use this thing up. Like, I just don't want to want to. It would be really nice. And it's one of the things I have in my notes. Uh, it'd be really nice um, if they gave you just more on-hand storage for weapons mm-hmm. um, and, as well as like storage like if you have a house again um, just to be able to put more stuff in there like more customization options but also the ability to like just have like a save box like, okay here's all the stuff that I want um, I, I've picked up a bunch of stuff let's empty out some stuff so I can go find more and I know that I have a horde of stuff here if um, they're oh, go ahead. Uh, like if um, if you had like a bunch of royal swords Rather than each individual one taking up a slot, they sort of stack on each other. So you have like the icon, royal sword, and you have six of them mm. on hand, just to like let you carry more shit. Or maybe even um, a separate thing that you can use a separate kind of resource or whatever you have to collect in order to fix your weapons. They sort of, uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, they, like they, a repair thing. They sort of do that um, in, a, in a roundabout way with letting you fuse things to your weapons because that gives you like extra dur- durability if someone's about to break put something else on it um, <laughs> and maybe you can do that uh, fusing multiple weapons together I don't know I wonder I don't what know. kind of stuff you really can do when you fuse shit like 
We'll find out in five stick days. Stick a couple bat wings onto a sword. Do you have a, a flying sword that fights with you? I mean, that'd be cool. <laughs> like, I don't know. Maybe you're interesting. I, I'm really intrigued the kind of stuff that you can mix with your swords and stuff. Like, there's those different ores and shit from um, Breath of the Wild. I mean, do you, like, have a bland knight sword and then mix this ore in it? Now it's a sword made of this ore? Like, I don't oh, know. Oh, God, like a ruby sword. Yeah, oh, that'd be just to, like, enforce it or something like that? Maybe or? maybe that's your way, like you were talking about, of, like, restoring a weapon. Okay, well, this thing's about to break, but I got a bunch of iron and a sapphire. Maybe there's, like, a forge to where you can... Rep- like, that would if, be cool if that if was a thing. You really feel like repairing this thing, maybe you can do it. That way you get really attached to particular weapons, you can just kind of mm-hmm. hold on to them. I still let you name your weapons. Oh, no. <laughs> then you like get losing super a atta- family member. Then you get super attached it's like to like a them. dog just died. Like, oh, <laughs> fuck. Like, I've no. had Mr. Stabbington for half the game. Like, Dave- now he's just gone. Damn David it. Stabbington. <laughs> David Stabbington. <laughs> the third. Perfect. Um... But uh, as far as I was saying, like with with uh, dual blades or knives, daggers, that kind of thing. So you're not doing as much damage, but you're scoring more hits just because you're moving faster with it. And I thought that'd be a really cool thing to have work in concert with another like gear like, uh, or outfit set that I thought of. It's uh, your thief gear. So uh, you decked out like a thief or whatever. And what it does when you get it fully upgraded is it increases the drop rate of like loot when you're beating up enemies. That'd be cool. And also gives you like the higher chance of rarer loot. So you pair that with a uh, a weapon like dual blades that like strikes more times, but not doing as much damage. You can really grind out. See, that was the materials. Other thing. Breath of the Wild. They give you so many good armor sets, mm-hmm. and they all had their own little purpose. And I loved that about it. But at the end of the day, you really could just wear wherever the fuck you want and go. Yeah. Um, and in order to be more optimized, you're just wearing that one armor that was... You Basically, you could just wear the knight's armor and be good to go. I mean, that's just the most defensive item. And that's all armor. That's all you really need at the end of the day. It's just to be able to take a hit because you can do anything. But give me reasons to use the Shiga armor and sneak around and make it like noticeable. Like, I, like I need the, I, this is going to help me do this a lot better. Now, there, um, were, there were times uh, in Breath of the Wild... Like, like the Yiga Clan. You, uh, that's what they're called, right? Yeah, the Yiga Clan. Yeah, like when you had to sneak around there, that's Shika armor all the way. You just pop it on and just sneak through mm. that little camp thing. And that is like the only time where I'm like, I'm happy I have this armor. But, like, I... They, they, there's like times where, you know, you'd want to use the Zora armor, like if you need to get through some water, you need to get up a waterfall. But it's it's always like these bespoke moments, like, okay, this is the point where you're going to want to use this armor. Like when you're in the Goron area, when you're like near Death Mountain, you're going to want to wear the flame armor, or the, the, the heat armor, unless, you know, you have uh, I- items, consumables, to up your heat resistance for a while. So there's ways around everything. I don't know, maybe if like there's more of these bespoke areas where like more like dungeony type areas where you know you definitely want to be using this set i think it would also be uh really beneficial to just be able to swap out easier like with a button press okay well now i'm now i'm going to go yeah. into a warmer area let's just swap out for the heat resistant stuff real quick with a press of a button rather than going in through a menu and i think like that might um 
make it a bit more friendly or, or encourage players more to actually swap out and use things in different situations rather than using their best defensive gear all the time. Okay, now it's nighttime. Enemies are going to be going to sleep. Let's switch to the stealthy gear so that you could go up into a camp, pretty much just walk in there. You don't even have to sneak when you got it fully upgraded because you're not making any sound even just at regular walking speed and murder all the goblins in their sleep. Um... So there, there are reasons to use these things. But it'd be, yeah, like you're saying, it would be nice to have uh, uh, the, the make more it feel like, like... Make it feel like switching this armor, switching to this particular armor would have a better mm. effect on things. Mm. Which, I mean, even just a... Even if they only have an option in the menu to mass equip a full armor set instead of having to select each individual piece, I think yeah. that would even be helpful. Yeah, for sure. Because um, I, I can't think of more than one or two times where I use like the rubber armor. Yeah. And I, the first time I played the game, I didn't even find the rubber armor until I was done with the Thunderblight exactly. boss. Yeah. So like, well, this is kind of it's it's cool that it's there. It's cool they have all this stuff you can discover and upgrade, and I definitely did all the upgrading for it. But it would have been real nice if there was like other opportunities to use that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, a, a way that they could uh, encourage swapping out your armor is to have things that that offer uh, different different types of advantages so rather than just here's your heat resistant here's your electric resistant here's like your your barbarian armor that's going to give you all your attack buffs do more stuff like that where it's going to affect the way you're fighting rather than uh, just affect the way that you, the the environment is able to impact you um, so I had an idea for like dragon armor sort of thing where and wearing that uh, gives you more resistance to all elemental attacks uh, and also gives you greater jumping distance <laughs> like to, cool. to, to like your 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 like your side jumps to your backflips to your jump attacks It'd be kind of fun give me a buddy hood a bunny hood yeah just give to move faster just give me a movement boost hell yeah didn't they have that they had that right I think there was a I feel like they had something I think you're right that's ringing a bell. Oh no, it's been a couple years since I played that game. Oof. No, t- yeah, about breath. Yeah. Yeah, breath of the wild. Uh, s- had that. Sniper gear would be really cool. So sniper gear would give you just increased range and damage of your bows, but the downside would be you can't move while you're aiming. That would be really cool. So just to, to give you some like, oh, there's an encampment, uh, really far away. I don't feel like engaging just going in there wildly swinging so let me swap it to my sniper gear take out a few of them first um and also like give you some increased stealth mm-hmm. so like you know like sometimes when you're attacking the camera from a distance they'll spot you and be like where are those arrows coming from this give you like a, a bit more of an advantage to stay hidden um I have, a, I have a couple of silly ones oh boy so you got like some some wraith gear like to, to look really evil and pretty much all it does is when you are attacking a uh, an encampment or a, uh, a mini boss like a Hinox or something uh, stalled children will pop out of the ground and fight along with you that would be pretty cool uh, similar to that the, the chicken master oh <laughs> and you, god and it's a chicken suit and when you're fighting it summons Kukos yeah, to, uh, to fight with the you. The most terrifying thing in Zelda. <laughs> I'm going to keep this going, though. i got one more. Oh, boy. The beekeeper suit. <laughs> and when you're the beekeeper, 
uh, you you can catch bugs throughout the game. So it doesn't like summon bees out of nowhere. You have to like catch bees, but the bees that you've caught, well, they're, they're fight along with you and one not game fly that away. I really enjoy is called is Dragon Age Inquisition. Sure. And there was a character called Sarah in that game, and she was very entertaining. But you needed Sarah in order to unlock. I don't know. That may be pointless. You may be able to unlock it without her. I don't know. But you, there is a um, they have little bombs you can craft and everything. And one was literally just called like jar of bees. They <laughs> literally just throwing a jar full of bees at your enemies. Perfect. That's just uh, it was very enjoyable. Just chucking these bees. Oh, that'd be so good. Just chuck jars of bees at people. You got any more, like, uh, outfit ideas? Not outfits. Okay. I do have one more uh, outfit. Some some gear okay. settings. What's your last outfit? Uh, it's called the noob suit. Oh. And it can God. look like a, a link in a bear suit, like a teddy bear suit. Who cares what it looks like? Just, like, make him look really fucking dumb. So, the noob suit. When you wear it, the window to dodge gets wider. Your flurry attacks attack longer. It's easier to parry, and your weapons don't degrade. Why? The noob suit. Why? For all of the noobs who don't like that weapons break. <laughs> there you go. You, you got you got your outfit that saves... You might as well them. just have that as saved as a difficulty in the game. Like, give us a difficulty change. Oh, that'd be good. Like, like normal, normal, when, and then when you When you put on the noob suit, you can't take it off. Oh, no. It's on you forever. Oh, it's like engage when you went from hard mode down to normal. Yeah, you can't go back to hard. Can't put it back up. Can't do it. You're stuck. <laughs> That's why I created a second save file <laughs> for when I drop the difficulty down to normal. I want to see um, non-breakable items. Like more things like the Master Sword? No, like I want to see a hookshot. Mm. Oh, oh, like more like tools kind of things. Yeah. Yeah, I want to yeah. see a hookshot. I want to see something like the Make It Time Hammer and the ball and chain where you could use it as a weapon but it wasn't great as a weapon but it was just for solving puzzles mm. and I want to see that kind of shit yeah you, you did um, you do have hammers in Breath of the Wild but it is more used as like a mining tool or a, a yep. weapon a yep. damaging weapon and they, were, than, they broke yeah. yeah for sure they, they didn't give you many opportunities to use those sort of things for like actual puzzle solving mm -hmm. um and things like uh, like axes are also in the game. It'd be nice to see more variety of the sort of axes because pretty much you had like the wood cutting axe, and you had like some great axes that were ancient weapons. And that's really all I can think yeah. of in terms of of those type of weapons. It'd be nice. Which I love those. There better be a good good supply of those. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the chainsaw sword. Dear God, that thing was awesome. <laughs> Just the design of it. I don't even think it was the best one of them, but that thing was awesome. It'd be cool to see more areas. Do you remember like that um, that ancient sort of like buried temple? It wasn't really buried. It was like in a like tucked away in a canyon uh, temple that was just filled with those stationary guardians. In Breath of the Wild, did you ever find that? Yeah, yeah. Be, had to, it was up in yeah. It was just like a little tiny. It was like a building surrounded by cliffs. Yeah, and there's like an alcove that you had to go into, and then once you get inside, it was a lot bigger. And that there was, was always like, a lot of fun. Like it, I remember first time doing, it, I was like, "Fuck everything about this! I'm getting destroyed constantly." But and then like everything in Breath of the Wild, eventually you go back. It's like I'm up at the fuck. This thing was amazing. Like I just let me just parry the shit in and kill all these things. <laughs> yeah, the uh, it'd be cool to see a lot more areas like that where you know it's it's 
not something that's broadcast, but you kind of get your your action heavy segments like in a little tucked away area. I want to see something like the mazes again, mm. but more interesting because those mazes I always liked the idea behind it, but I thought they were boring as fuck. Yeah, um, it's it's gotta be it's gonna be tough. Do like especially a maze that's like closed in like that because really like the obvious answer is like just climb up to the top and do it from the outside. Yeah, exactly. So I, I maybe if uh, maybe if the mapping was a little bit better, it might be funner to actually travel like walk through the entire thing. But it, it must have if you were trying to do it just walking, it must take so fucking long just to figure out. Uh, the, the the turns that you need to make. I mean, I've had to do that because I, I've gone there before. Where I'm like, oh shit, I don't have enough stamina. Like, mm. I, I can't get up there. <laughs> I don't have Rivaldi's. I don't have Rivaldi's gal or I'm stamina. I'm not gonna be able to cheat. We have to do this the way intended. Like, <laughs> um, uh, a hook shot would be cool to see back. Um, just like something. They they give you ways to move throughout the world. You know, you of course have stamina. You can climb. They do like you, you have like the the thing where you you travel up through uh, rocks and shit to get to the surface of something, and that'll be that'll be fun to use. But there is something like really fun about having a hook shot and spotting. There's a target that I can hit with this hook shot. Let me zip over there and see what's there. And it's probably tough to from a design perspective to figure out how to make that worthwhile in a game where you can just kind of go anywhere on your own. Yeah, even when you have the glider. I mean, the, the glider solved a lot of problems. You just get higher than it and then glide down to it. But the hookshot would be good to climb vertical. Yeah. Um, and I feel like it, like this game, with the way that they're doing it, the hookshot is perfect to come back into it. Because you're in the fucking sky. You're in mm. these... Weird little sky buildings and stuff like that. Like, how are you going to get from island to island if you're not above it? Yeah, that's that's a really good like, point. It would uh, it would solve like a lot of the um, the the issues of like maybe you want to get over to an area over there, but you don't have the stamina to do it. But you have a hook shot, so you can man, sling your way over there rather than having to, to find a high spot and glide. You have the power to teleport through ceilings. I mean. Mm. Yeah, fucking hookshot. <laughs> yeah, it, it's. Uh, I, I really like hookshot game. I really like to see one back. Um, we we already talked about like iron boots. I think iron boots would be a cool thing oh, to man. to come back to experiment more with. Like actually see the underwater places because in Breath of the Wild you can you can swim, and when you get the Zora gear you can swim longer. Uh, you're not you're not limited by your stamina, but you never really like going into the water and seeing what's down there. It'd be cool to like, like be able to get some iron boots and yeah, actually. Yeah, the the Zora outfit and breath really didn't do a whole lot. Yeah, it lets you swim faster, not worry about stamina. You go up waterfalls, but you you're never really diving. Yeah. Um, and Which, you know, the, Majora's mask that that Zora mask was so much fun. Yep. Yeah, it was really um, good. They had a really cool mechanic in Majora's Mask they just did not they could have easily put that in breath mm. there's plenty of lakes and everything that could have been a really fun thing just to add in maybe they will in Tears of the Kingdom because I I, I think it's safe to assume it's probably really difficult to design all this geography to interact with and like then having to do all that designing also underwater is probably a pretty tall order but you know 
It's been six years. They have the time. <laughs> Let us go underwater. Let us go into caves. Make some fucking caves. And make us a, give us a reason to go into these caves. Yeah. Like, not just look around like, oh, that's a cave. And then just leave. Like, Right. There there were a very small number of caves you'd actually go into in Breath of the Wild. And it was never like something where you're, like, you're going to explore around and find something cool. And it's like, there's a section of the wall you can blow up and then just automatically a, a, a treasure chest sitting right there. You're not even really going into a cave. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there there was a cave out in the uh, Hebra region, up in the, the northeast, uh, where you actually went into it and there's a, a skeleton of a Dodongo. Yep. And there's one of the Leviathans. Um, that was pretty much all there was in there. You take a picture of it and you leave. I hope we find out what the fuck those Leviathans are in this mm-hmm. one. Because that yeah. was the thing. I don't think they never answered that in Breath of the Wild. Like, no, what, the, so. what the fuck these Leviathans were? They're just giant skeletons that are lying around. Mm. One of them, I think, was a little, like looked a lot like a Dodongo skeleton. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Well, I think we, we saw something big in one of the trailers. Like mm-hmm. a big giant thing in one of those things. But maybe it's... Maybe we get to murder it. Yeah, that'd be fun. I'll murder a Leviathan. Let's Hell go. yeah. <laughs> it's the last of its species. Let's kill it. Let's kill it with fire. Let's go. Uh, well, like, um, actually, like doing some cave diving and and finding things would be really cool, and I, I think it'd be it'd be really fun if they, you know, had like really deep caves where, of course, lose your light source, and the only way to like be able to tell where you are is like have a flame weapon or like an ancient weapon handing something something that glows. Yeah, uh, give give a reason to like try to hang on to that sort of stuff give in me, case you find a cave. Give me interesting bosses again, unique. Mm. Interesting bosses. Like the blights were cool, but you did them four times. You did four times. You do all to the end. Slightly different. Mm-hmm. They, there wasn't like one has a shield and one has a gun. Like it, it's just it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't anything game changing on that. Give me the King Dodongo I had to check the bombs into his mouth. Give me give me the fucking Morpho thing again where I had to hook shot the thing out of a tentacle arm. Like give me the. Um, Give me the the weird big black thing that I had to pop his toes in order to stab him in the face. Like even, I'll oh, even no. take that <laughs> demise again. I'll even take that fucker again. But then just, that's one you also had to fight four times. Yeah. Um, just give me give me unique and interesting boss fights where I had to change up the mechanic. Other than I just had to fight this thing really well. I got a pretty good feeling that we'll see some of those like unique boss encounters again. Uh, I got a pretty good feeling that you know we'll see something. If not, it's like if it's not just outright dungeons, something that's more akin to traditional dungeons that we've seen in, in Zelda games since uh, the NES. Mm-hmm. I got a pretty good feeling that stuff will be back around. Um, but hey, we'll know in five days. I'm gonna voice something, but this is gonna be meaningless to you. I'm just okay. gonna voice it because it's a thing. So, Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, had its big comeback, and one of the big things were because of the show Critical Role. And the DM in Critical Role is named Matt Mercer, and he is the voice of Ganondorf in this. Oh, get out of here. He's a big professional voice actor. He's done a lot of stuff. Um, he's one of those voices where you just kind of recognize here and there. Like, he voiced a, an Overwatch character, a couple of people that are in Critical Role even did World of Warcraft characters. The one girl did has done fucking everything. She's done a whole lot of stuff, but we got Matt Mercer as Ganondorf. Okay. I'm excited about that. That's pretty cool. I was pretty excited to see Ganondorf again. Yeah. I'm excited about it. Yeah. I mean... Because we haven't seen him since Twilight Princess. Yeah, we had Calamity. Um, Calamity Ganon, which whatever the uh, fuck so, that was. Okay, so... so uh, my, my lore, because I hardly pay attention, might be a little bit mixed up on this, but 
um, Ganon is sort of like this the, the 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 spirit of evil. And this is most often represented by like the big pig monster. Mm. That that's uh, Ganon, um, and it's like a, like an eternal spirit that will like, die and resurrect and never really goes away. Uh, Ganondorf is the person that you first encounter in Ocarina of Time, and every time you've seen Ganondorf. It is the same person. Yeah. Because as we learned in Breath of the Wild, or no, sorry, not Breath of the Wild, Twilight Princess, yeah. you can't kill him. He'll just keep coming back. And it probably has something to do with like uh, how how he's uh, obtained the Triforce of Power. He's just unkillable. Yeah, because it hasn't like left him, and he, he still has it since Ocarina. Mm, yep. And I, the, the, the timelines, like the, the timeline gobbledygook, probably... Uh, affects the way that uh, he returns or whether he'll actually return or not. But it is really cool to see like this this recurring character come back. But how is this Ganondorf, though? Because timeline... Oh, God, we can get to the timeline talk. Oh, shit. Right, we don't know where in the timeline we are. Like, I, I say well, things like... Well, Ganon... supposed to be pre-everything, right? I don't know. I don't know if they've put Breath of the Wild into the actual timeline, because I don't... I, it can't be pre... Skyward Sword, because Skyward Sword is where you actually get. Oh yeah, that's right. The spirit of demise and the Triforce and all these things. Oh yeah, that's right. So I don't know. I I think. Oh that no 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 no. The, it's, the it's... fact that the, like uh, Breath of the Wild like explicitly says like okay this happened then a hundred years later is when you're coming in, but also within oh, like this this it right now with this this, this is getting me a headache. Within this Breath of the Wild world, there's also these divine beasts, and they were around 10,000 years ago. So they're really, like, spreading out um, the the time in which, like, the, the world of Breath of the Wild takes shape. So I don't know how it fits in the timeline. I don't particularly care. Uh, what I care about is getting some fucking hook, hook shots back. That's what I care about. Uh, I think, actually, isn't Breath of the Wild the latest? Yeah, Breath of the Wild is the latest in the timeline. It's which, the last thing in the timeline. In which split, though? All of them. They all converge into it. Oh, oh interesting. Okay. Yeah, that's so, what it was. It wasn't the first. So, so which, the Wild is the... So which Ganondorf is this resurrected? Because oh, in God. Wind Waker, you had Ganondorf get stabbed through the forehead and turned to stone. And uh, Twilight Princess, uh, he gets... He just straight up gets murdered, right? You Yes, you kill him. He just gets got. But I can't. No, I, I don't think he gets. No, he doesn't get put back into the Twilight Realm because then Midnight goes back into the Twilight Realm. But anyway, there's he, more games than I thought. Zelda's Adventure, Zelda: The Wand of Gamelon. Are you sure you're looking at an official Nintendo one? Because they I don't, don't know. They those don't are make, those are like the dumb shows or whatever, right? Well, those are the the uh, games on the Philips CDI. They were not even on Nintendo systems, and Nintendo tries to pretend they don't exist. So if that's a Nintendo like official Zelda timeline, I don't think they have those on there. Yeah, maybe not. I don't know what I'm fucking looking at. Ooh. I don't know. Oh, this is a different one. We talked about Iron Boots. I think it'd be cool to bring back the Dominion Rod from Twilight Princess, but rather than like controlling little statues, it actually allows you to take over enemies. And you like play as an enemy as long as Link is not under attack. So we could like uh, like sneak up on a camp oh. while everyone's asleep, and rather than like murdering everyone, they say, "Okay, now I'm gonna be a moblin," <laughs> and that'd be kind of fun. Uh, 
Powder kegs would be cool to come back. Oh god, I would love to see powder kegs, bomb shoes. Yeah, oh, bomb shoes. That's a good oh, one bomb too. Bomb shoes would be great to come back. But just like a more powerful version of the bombs, because you know, I like the way they handled bombs in Breath of the Wild. I don't know if we have confirmation about how they're going to be handled in Tears of the Kingdom, but the fact that you know they're they're remote. You can have like the round ones that'll roll. You can have the square ones if you want them to stay stationary. It'd be great to just get like an upgraded powder keg version of that. And bomb a choose for like homing. Yeah. Cause there's there's no there's no homing bomb. Maybe like you you stick a bat wing or a bat eye on a bomb and it homes on and like an arrow does. <laughs> I like bomb a choose. I like fun. I like the concept of this fusing. It makes use of the pile of shit that you get throughout the yep. game. And yep. that's give me item management to that degree as well. Let me resource management because I mean I play a lot of Elden Ring, and I always like the consumable stuff in Elden Ring too. The various different kinds of crack pots you can use, which um, you can make fire ones, you can make volcano ones, you can make freeze, you can make ones to put people to sleep. There's mm-hmm. a whole pile you can make, um, and I always like like all right, I got enough of this thing. Let's make a bunch of these. Let's use these here and shit like that. Give me that kind of shit. Okay, like, I, 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 I would mean, love to be like, I need to I need to save these jelly gloop things from murdering this guy in order to... I, that, that'd, be re- that'd be really cool if, like, you, you have your bombs, but then you are able to sort of fuse it with an ice jelly gloop, and then it turns into an ice bomb. Yeah. Or, like, put it with some fire, and it'd be, it'd be a, a, a more powerful fire bomb. We'll see. Yeah. That's not really their thing. They're, they're, the thing with that is they're they're making it really interesting with the fusing thing, but they're also, it's an open world, and they're doing a lot for the world, mm. and that's going to be their main focus with it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I always I always like the ancient gear stuff. Mm. The the bows, the swords, the shields, the armor, all that shit was so good. Stylish. Ugh, it was great. I love the lightsabers. Let's go. You need the lightsaber axe. Let's go. Uh, the the last um, sort of tool that I thought would be cool to come back is the the cane of Sumeria, and if you're unfamiliar with this, I think it was in one of the Oracle games, um, but it uh, spawns a box. You swing it and then brings in a box into the the field, and you know, while while it might not be great for like balancing out like puzzles and shit, it is be like a fun troll item. Like, you're fighting a line and you just start spawning boxes everywhere. <laughs> like, you're playing try. Like, no, boxes. We need more boxes. Boxes everywhere. Give me, uh... Give me songs. Hmm. Just give me some songs with uses. Give me a song of storm. Give me... Give me my day and night song. Uh, the song, sun... The sun song. Even make it the fucking wand. I don't care. The orchestra wand. I don't even care. Just give me... Give me something so I have my songs again. It would be really fun... If, like, there's a, a Lionel or a Hinox or something, it'd be cool to see, like, more, like, v- a bigger variety of, like, the sort of mini-bosses, like Lionels and Hinoxes and, like, the Stone Taluses. And I know they have, like, the Stone Taluses actually have, like, uh, enemy encampments riding on top of them. But seeing things like, like, if there's, like, a, a Minotaur or something, or, hang on, I had something else written down that was more Zelda-related, um... Or like Dark Nuts, because we haven't really seen, as far as I'm aware, you haven't really seen Dark Nuts. Oh, Dark Nuts first. Oh, I always enjoyed fighting Dark Nuts, because they were, like, the most difficult bosses. Those are the ones, yep. those are the ones where you had to, like, learn their attacks right, 
and you gotta get over here and dodge their shields and stuff. You had to get right at their weak points. Like that those fights seemed the most engaging with a straight fight, other than this weird skeleton swinging swinging at me. Like mm. those were yeah, the dark you had, nuts. You had to be more great. tactical. Yes. And and know where your opening was. But it would be really cool if, like you were saying, you could play the Song of Storms and it summons a storm if for some reason you want it to rain. But if you like encounter four or five dark nuts, they're just kind of like out there ready to, to fuck your shit up. And like, okay, these guys are all wearing metal. Let's summon a lightning storm and watch them all get fried. <laughs> It'd be fun. That would be a lot of fun. Or, um,. It'd be cool if you... Oh, here we go. Here we go. Now we're really getting to the depth here. Rock the Sheikah armor so you sink into a base and play a song and put everybody to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody look at me. I'm here just to play a song. Like, everyone's... It's gonna play this little soft lullaby. You don't know where it's coming from. And then they just fall asleep. <laughs> and then you start planting bombs everywhere and, and then you leave. just walk away and big explosion <laughs> behind you without looking like, like a badass. Like this. <laughs> Yeah, that's good. And, and, you know, they're probably not going to do all the things that we are saying. No. But they're, they're going to do, like, so many things, like, the way you can combine things and give you all these different, all these different, like, freedom to interact with the game. Like, Breath of the Wild on its own gives you so many different ways that you can do things and interact with the world and engage with enemies or obstacles. And they're really taking it up to 11 with how many different things you're going to be able to do. I mean, just that mushroom shield of cloud, that was just awesome that that gave me so much hope for this game that just that alone making tying a big boulder to a stick and swinging it around i'm a thousand percent on board for yep. this yep and it's like you were saying with the monster parts it gives you a reason to not only like try to harvest this stuff but use it and not just hang on to it until you find beetle again and sell it for a couple of rupees which is what um, I would usually do with all of these yeah. things. I just sell them off. They, they, the thing that made the made them more useful in Breath of the Wild was the fucking DLC, and you couldn't get mm-hmm. to it until you got to the DLC, and it was fueling your motorcycle, which yeah. was awesome. I loved that motorcycle. Oh, are they going to bring them? Is the motorcycle going to be in here? I, you probably can make one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with maybe. the way that that game is, you probably could just make one. It's going to be fun to see what sort of vehicles that people come up with. I mean, it ran on monster parts. Mm. <laughs> like it ran on murder. Like, it <laughs> yeah, was yeah. just it was a perpetual murder machine. You, like, you, just, you just find whatever garbage is lying around, like Mister Fusion. Yeah, <laughs> they throw that there. reference. <laughs> But the Mr. Fusion only powered the flux capacitor. The engine itself, as we learned in Back to the Future 3, still ran on fossil fuel. So in order to like actually get the car moving, you needed. But it, the, the Mr. Fusion generated the 1.21 gigawatts in order to activate yeah. it. Yeah. We all know this. Yeah, of course. <laughs> it's science. Um, I don't know what's happening at Radio Shack. Because we sold parts at Radio Shack. I always get... Whenever we want to prank call each other, we'll just call another storm. Like, hey, do you have any flux capacitors? Because, you know, we sold capacitors. Uh-huh. So but it wasn't like a weird thing. a flux capacitor. I'm like, hey, do you have any flux capacitors? They never got me. Like, mm. I fucking knew. It's like, <laughs> it's like, hi, how you doing? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> you, what, you guys don't have any customers? <laughs> what, you you over there too? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, anything else that we need to address about what we want to see in Tears of the Kingdom? I'm off Friday. Nice. I'm going to go in at 8 a.m., grab it, and Friday is my Zelda day. It's uh, going to be great. I'm off Sunday, Monday, so I'll be playing a lot then. I'll, I'll be playing on Friday and Saturday as well. I originally had taken the days off, but 
Um, the girls are starting, are going to start their summer vacation at the tail end of May, um, which is not summer. Summer doesn't start till June 21st in the North, Northern Hemisphere. Why are you out for summer break? Yeah, that's odd. Um, the, so uh, my parents, who normally watch the children when uh, they're out of school for the summer on the couple of days, are actually absconding. They're leaving the country. So I did use a lot of the PTO that I have for childcare reasons. So I had to cancel PTO for the days of Zelda's coming out. I'm like, all right, fine, whatever. I have all summer to get through it. It's okay. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'll be playing a lot Friday night. I'll be playing a lot on Saturday. And then Sunday, Monday will be a lot of Zelda then too. I did order through Amazon my Dokapon Kingdom. Oh, nice. So, Is it? Are you getting it uh, release day? I don't they, know. It just says it comes out the 9th. I have no idea why I'm getting it. Yeah. When it comes, it comes. Yeah, they're, they're usually okay about... Within the first few days, and you know, it's still be, yeah, it'll be a good one. I'll bring it. Did you get, did you order yours? Are you getting it or no? No, I'm not gonna get Dokemon Kingdom again. What? May, may, maybe someday. What? If, it's Dokemon fucking Kingdom. If I buy it again, maybe I'll get it digitally. That way, I don't have to because it's going to be a rare print. Because as we saw with the Wii version, it, the game was impossible to get. So if uh, I think I still have your Wii version, by the way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's not here. Oh, okay. Yeah. As long as one of us has it. Yeah, my uh there was this girl I was trying to date years ago and she liked playing it. And so I would hang out with her and play Dokemon Kingdom and then we stopped hanging out. Mm. But I left it at her house. Oh no. And so she has my Dokemon. So I borrowed yours from Jeremy and Natalie came to visit. Mm. Uh yeah. Like this most recent time they came to visit? Not or a was while it, ago. it was a little, little while ago. One of the past times they visited. Mm. So I have your version somewhere. Now that's because I my, never got my version back from that girl. <laughs> that's who my parents are going to see. I'm going to see Jeremy and Natalie, yeah. and oh, often what are they in England now? Wales, something like that. They're in Oxford, but based on when they're going, they're probably going up after they move to Wales. Mm. Maybe if I had to take a guess, I don't know. Jeremy's listening; he can tell us. I don't fucking know. <laughs> You're going to get an email like the day after this post. <laughs> We we live in Wales. We'll send the name of the town. It'll be all consonants. <laughs> Last thing that I have, uh, we we talked about like dungeons. We talked about like having like an underground like caves and stuff. Uh, different types of mini bosses. The last thing that I have, uh, more Terry Town, yep. more more town building of some sort. Make it make it more impactful too. Let, let me let me build a city. Instead of a one instead of a one stop shop place, can mm. make it more. Yeah, Terrytown's cool. Yeah, I really like Terrytown. I like the town building stuff. Um, but yeah, well, we'll see. We'll I see. Mean, if the kingdom anything. was in shatters. Maybe you're just let me rebuild the kingdom. Oh, really? Like rebuilding the castle town? Yeah, that'd be cool. Let me rebuild Hyrule, like that kind of. Hell shit. yeah! Like uh, that that sort of thing, like. We are actually able to feel your impact on the the world is really cool and in games. Um, you ever played Nino Kuni? Kuni uh, was it two? No, that one was a lot of fun, and that was essentially the concept: is that you are this prince's kingdom was um, taken or whatever, mm-hmm. and for some odd reason, you're some dude from like another world where there was like our world yeah there was like a nuclear holocaust and yeah he got transported into like this this fairy tale world or something yeah and for some reason he like immediately goes to this kid and he goes I will serve you and he has a gun like (laughs) weird as shit weird as shit 
But you, you you end up building a kingdom, and you like build your shops and upgrade your shops, and you 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 build a fucking kingdom, and that was a lot of fun with that game. That was a good game. Yeah, and I like in how in Breath of the Wild, how most of the world is just kind of like continuing on uh, without you. It's not really like impactful that you are there. But now that they're doing a sequel to it, like let's feel some impact that we're having on it. Uh, an example that I always go to is um, Xenoblade Chronicles X for the Wii U. That was a game heavy exploration base. You could move around to a lot of different spaces. A lot of the gameplay revolved around, okay, let's get to the next space and like set down the marker to actually like map this yeah, place out. Yeah, they gave you those big mechs to fly around in, so I mm -hmm. bet that helped a lot with exploration. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, getting to, to different areas would sometimes require uh, your different types of movement, like your mechs and once you get the flying ones. But the um, there there were all of like these these bases these outposts throughout the game and most of the time they were they were occupied by enemies, um, and you could go in there you can fight everybody and find some stuff and you know run amok. But then once like you took out everyone in these these bases. When you leave, they just repopulate. And I thought, always thought it would be really cool. Is like If you sort of take over an area, your people move in. And it becomes like your outpost. And like, I mean, maybe there are times where like they're under attack, so you got to go help them out or something. I don't know. It would just be cool to, like uh, like you are saying, like rebuild the, the castle town. Like actually like see some sort of recovery happening in a ruined world. Yeah. Anything else we need to talk about about... Uh, Tears of the Kingdom. It's going to be good. I'm super excited. It's going to be real Your good. Your dog looks dead. His eyes are like rolled up in his head. Oh, yeah. That's because he's uh, he's falling asleep, but he's oh not closing his eyes. God. Yeah, he's a oh, weirdo. They, they go down. Never mind. You just see the whites of his eyes. That is terrifying. Now I woke him up. He's like, wait, what was that? Oh, my God. Yeah, when uh, when he falls asleep but doesn't close his eyes. His eyes just roll into his head. I wonder if ours do that. I don't know. Oh, I've never seen a person sleep with their eyes open. That's got to be strange. So, next time... Well, it'll technically be the mini-show, but we'll talk mostly about Tears of the Kingdom, because it'll, it'll be, be out. Uh, yeah, it'll just be another... And we'll see how wrong we were about all this stuff. But it'll be awesome anyway. The tent show. I wonder if you'll be able to, like... If, if, you, if you name... Or if, if you, like, build a vehicle, like a, a boat or, a like, an airship of some sort, if you'd be able to name it. I, because, I, I would like to be able to summon it. Mm, oh, like, like, like if your I build horse. this really sure, sure, sure. badass vehicle and then go to another side of the map through teleporting, is that vehicle fucking gone? I'm going to have to build it again? Like, it, it's... What would be really nice, and I don't know that um, they've said anything about this. I've been on media blackout. But... If you construct something, um, or or like if you're like if you're cooking something, like if you're like uh, uh, making a a whatever a, a fish dish or something, if you're actually able to save the recipe that you made and just like select that from a list and make this rather mm -hmm. than gathering all the ingredients together again manually, uh, it'd be cool to have something like that for like things you construct as well. Like maybe like you'll oh, have God. to have. The, the stuff that you have on hand or maybe you're just able to summon a vehicle if you're able to summon a vehicle you should be able to name it <laughs> like you do your horses you can name your horses you can 
I, I'm just basically it too. I want an airship and I call it the SS Friendship. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I need. That's all I need. You need want the life. SS Friendship. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I don't want to have a bunch of cannons on it to shoot people. <laughs> uh, I want, when when I sail up in the SS Friendship, I want it to strike fear into the heart of every Moblin. <laughs> but yeah. I forgot about the recipes and the food. Light, light arrows. They're so good. Yeah, that'd be cool to get a light arrow. They had ice and fire and lightning. And uh, they explosive. have yeah, They have yeah. explosive. Yep. They had cool arrows. Yeah. Anything else we need to address? I think we're done here. No, I think it's good. We're going to be talking about it more in a little bit. Very good. End of podcast. So long.